Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. What does ponder actually mean? Well, according to the dictionary, it means think about something carefully, especially before making a decision or reaching a conclusion. Well, as you know, on the Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity podcast episodes, we allow women to share their stories in a non-judgmental way about why they stepped out of their relationships. But there are so many other interesting topics that we all need to learn from and not to judge right away. So let's talk about it now. Let's ponder. And of course, as I sit down to record this, my dogs are out in the hall running around and wrestling and playing. What a way to start out the show. Welcome everybody to... Let's ponder. Thank you so much for listening today. I know it's been a while since we've had this episode, and I think I'm going to leave this in, but the dogs are now barking. (laughs) Oh, what a day. Maybe that's just what it's supposed to be like, and I shouldn't fret. Anyway, back to today's episode. We are going to kind of have a follow-up and review of a couple of topics that we've talked about. Um, one of them will be, um, feedback on a fairing down. And the other one is in regards to a story that ran a couple months ago, um, about Nadine. And I have feedback from people as well as Nadine herself. So just kind of an interesting, let's ponder. We're just going to, I guess, ponder what people thought about, um, these particular, um, episodes. One was on the raw truth stories of female infidelity. And then of course, the affair down was on one of our let's ponder episodes. I have been getting some great ideas for let's ponder, but keep them coming. Um, I love different ideas to go with. And if it's something that seems like people will respond to, I'll get it out there on social media. And when you hear about it on here, feel free to email me your thoughts. So on that subject right now, I'm still collecting information on the following. One of them is revenge cheating. What do you think about revenge cheating? Have you done it? Has it happened to you? You know, I'd love your feedback on that. Also, the strangest place you've had sex. And I've been getting some real interesting stuff. I always start off with my Facebook social media stuff as far as trying to get people's information. So if you don't follow me on Facebook, um, just search for, you know, Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Um, And you can look through that. You should be able to find my Rebecca post page on that and uh, send me a message before your friend request me so that I know who you are. And then also... Sex toys. What are your thoughts on sex toys when it comes to uh, using them, (laughs) whether it be with yourself or with your partner or whatever? So in the bedroom, basically, what are your thoughts and um, opinions about using sex toys? Infidelity. 
both women and men alike have found themselves in situations where they have become unfaithful to their spouse or partner. On the podcast, Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, you hear stories from women who have been unfaithful, but want to share their stories to help others in similar situations or to help other people understand why sometimes infidelity happens. But there is still so much more. How does a man cope when he finds out that his wife, girlfriend, or partner has cheated? What are the reasons why a man chooses to cheat? Are they similar to why a woman does? Or maybe you are the other man or the other woman in a relationship. I knew in my gut that she was still at least chatting with him. She denied it. Our marriage languished. I was miserable. No trust, no romance, no sex. I felt completely unwanted and undesired. About a year later, and still zero sex, my wife left for work and forgot her phone. Not long before that, I happened to see her type her passcode, so I tried it. Unlocked. I knew I was invading her privacy, but my gut told me she was hiding something. She was. To hear the rest of this story and other stories like this, please visit the website rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and click on the Patreon link. For a $3 a month pledge, you will get access to these additional episodes, as well as early access to regularly released episodes. If you have a story that you would like to be considered for a future podcast, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. All submissions will always be anonymous. And always remember, no judgment. So, a fairing down. Yes, when that episode ran on Ponder, it was basically like I typically do. I will pull people to get their information and thoughts and opinions about a specific specific subject. And on a fairing down, there were some people that used examples of their own. Uh, one in particular was a gentleman named Steve, and his story is on Patreon. And I believe that I did run it as a special bonus earlier this year. Um, and when his wife had an affair and he commented on the affairing down about who the person was, how he felt about it. If you haven't listened to that episode, then you'll definitely need to check it out because then this will make more sense. Um, but people in general were following up regarding that, um, episode and, one person said to Steve, Hi Steve, if you're reading this, I'd like to say thanks for the input and hope that maybe you can call Karen for a chat and catch up over a cup of coffee one day. Take care. Feedback from actually Nadine, who we will talk about her story here uh, shortly and the feedback regarding it. She actually wrote in regarding uh, following up on a fairing down. And she wrote, I thought about the cheating down thing a little. I don't think that women who go, quote, down intend to leave or get caught most of the time. It's just a desire to feel alive, not a desire to change your whole life. Men who know what they like, who maybe have tattoos and drink or do what they want are not men who are super 
super high needs. I think what it means is uh, do what they want, don't have super high needs. They're not judgy, critical, or high strung. They aren't the guy you intend to take home. You are just hot to them. You are the turn on and you don't need to take care of that guy and he doesn't need you. It's so much easier to be turned on by someone who doesn't need you, just wants you. You can desire someone you need to take care of. That maternal switch shuts off sex drives like a crying baby. That dirty guy you can just be dirty with without being self-conscious. Just my two cents. Well, I guess my daughter is texting me and I didn't turn my ringer off. This is just one of those days. Regarding affairing down, I did come across an article from emotionalaffair.org, um, and it is called Discussion, Why Do Cheaters Affair Down? Hmm, figured I may as well bring that up on this episode. It's by Linda and Doug, um, and I'll have the link on my episode notes. This is what they have to say. There's an axiom that we have noticed from comments, emails, and observations that seems to indicate that most all cheaters, quote, a fair down, end quote. In general, this means that the person someone cheats with tends not to be as attractive, interesting, engaging, etc. as the primary partner who is being cheated on. Rick Reynolds, LCSW, says, quote, I have never seen a situation where I felt an individual affaired up, meaning that they end up with a better person. It may seem like a better decision at the time, but it will prove to be a step down, end quote. If nothing else, it will be a step down in terms of maturity, character, integrity, intelligence, loyalty, spirituality, sincerity, etc. The reasons for why a person affairs down are potentially limitless, but the one noticed most often seems to be that the affair partner made the cheater feel good while stroking his or her ego so much that it didn't matter what he or she looked like or how his or her character was. Basically, the wayward spouse is needy and looking for someone to boost his or her ego and winds up looking for someone beneath him or her. This person will make the cheater feel superior, if only temporarily. Even if the affair partner's appearance is attractive, it's just a wrapping for something that is no match for his or her spouse. So, for the discussion this week, these are these questions that they posed in the article, in what ways do you feel that your spouse or you affair down? What do you feel the reasons were for this? What effect does this affairing down have on your view of your spouse's or your affair and his or her or your mindset at the time. Would anybody like a little Yorkie to chew on for a little bit? Yeah. Does the fact that your spouse did affair down make it easier or harder to take? The website The Hero's Spouse has an interesting article on why a person might affair down. Though this is written in the context of a person experiencing a midlife crisis, we thought it could possibly offer some further insight. Thanks in advance to all who participate and remember to reply to one another in the comments section. Linda and Doug. So at this point, there are 155 uh, replies. So what I will do is randomly just pick a few to talk about. One person stated, My husband affaired down in key ways that also showed he wasn't seeing her for what she really was. 
He claimed at the time that he never saw his friends and that we had no fun, that I didn't have any friends or close family. The other woman was someone who skipped from job to job, had no contact with her family, and had no close friends at all. If their affair had progressed to something more permanent, then also how was he going to improve seeing his friends and family when having to move to the States? His parents would also have rejected her for quite some time as they are religious, and the affair would definitely be laid squarely at her feet, not his. My husband also never liked women who wore tons of makeup and perfume, yet the other woman's main interest in life is makeup and perfume. It was ego-stroking, nothing more. She worked hard, making him feel like a stud. I think when my husband went for this type of woman simply because she was available and she looked like porn stars he was currently obsessed with at the time, as well. She looked slutty, and at the time, he was very interested in that. She played to those needs, and so it was easy for her to appear like the perfect alternative to the drudgery of marriage. He also chose someone who is into horoscopes, something he hates, and loves celebrity culture, something he hates even more. The effect this had on me was to reconsider who my husband was. For a while, I thought he'd been lying to me for 17 years and really preferred tardy women who dressed, smelled, and act like whores. This made me feel like I'd been some sort of poor second choice for our entire marriage. Now I see it as an interest in something, quote, naughty because he was doing something he hated himself for, which was using porn as a way of distracting him from how bad he felt about himself. It isn't someone he wants to be anymore, and I can see every day that he works hard to make me feel better about myself in normal ways, like giving me a hug, holding me around the waist when we're out, which I love. That's nice. Okay. Um, I appreciate how she... I, I Well, I don't know. I... <sighs> Just reading that, you can tell she's, of course, hurt and angry about what he did. But that was a good example, I think, of what she would consider a fairing down because she was stable, home, taking care of him, doing the things. And this woman was, you know, just complete and total opposite that he was seeing. Okay, another one here. I think the affair down with someone totally opposite of us because some part of them knows that not only is what they are doing wrong, but it is not the choice they would want for their life. They don't want to lose their marriage and family, so by choosing someone they would never truly want to be with, it removes that destructive destructive option from the equation. Just a thought. And that's true. I believe that. I've had other people mention that as well. Um, in fact, just kind of what Nadine was just saying as well, just a little bit ago, that, you know, it's more of a, I don't know, let's see how bad we can be, but it's not something I would want to be bad with forever. Okay, so... Let's see here. Let's do one more of these and then we'll get on to the feedback from Nadine's story. Okay. This person says, I'll break it down one step even further. The majority of situations I have read about here and on other blogs have been good or at minimum mostly good marriages plunged into infidelity. And mostly the husbands aren't out looking for sex. They are looking for ego jacking. I truly think the other woman actually sees a scenario she wants for herself. A basically good man, good husband, good father, good provider. She goes after it with the best weapons at her disposal. Time, attention, adoration, admiration. 
For whatever vulnerabilities these men have, they love the attention. They crave it, become even maybe addicted to it. The other woman fools herself into believing that this is love. Well, it is, but not love for her. It is love the husband has for himself. It is it is the love the husband has for himself. My husband admits this. He never intended for it to become physical. He liked and was flattered by the attention, and I can believe that. Our therapists both say it is common for an affair to become physical just because the cheating spouse wants to continue to have the emotional needs met. And most of them are getting met at home. Okay. Uh, let's see here. He is basically happy with his marriage, his family, his life. The affair is a diversion, an escape. It's not reality, and he doesn't intend for it to be ever. That's why the beginning of the end is usually the other woman starting to make demands. And then pop goes the affair bubble. Suddenly, she is shaking the pedestal upon which she has placed him. Not so much fun anymore, just some thoughts. Okay, so I felt that one was interesting. And, and it could be just my interpretation. However, I'm running short on time for this episode and originally I went on a large tangent about my thoughts about this specific response um, but I decided to omit it. There are many more comments and even that other website that this article had talked about so again I will have the link to that on my episode notes if you want to check it out for yourself and read a little bit more about what people thought. So back on February 28th and March 14th of this year, 2021, I put out an episode, it was two parts on Nadine, and had amazing feedback from people. I wanted to share some of these feedback thoughts about her story with all of you, including an actual message from Nadine herself about this. So if you have not listened to Nadine part one or two, and again, this may not make sense. So you might want to go backwards and listen to those episodes so that you'll understand what this is talking about. So she writes, Dear Rebecca, so much has happened. I am so very sorry for your loss. I was shocked when I heard your tragic news about your husband. Thank you. I hope you are learning to cope with the loss. I'm glad to hear that your daughter is with you, and I hope that brings you closeness and levity. I hope that your good memories carry you through the tough times. Nothing in life can prepare us for these tragic moments, but you are super strong and resilient, and I know your life will continue to have meaning and be filled with love. And that was so kind of her to say, I'm trying not to cry as I read that. Just give me a second here. I was freaked out when I looked up your podcast yesterday to see my story on there. You read it beautifully. Thank you for sharing my story. So many emotions went through me while hearing it. The first half was cringeworthy. I changed so many details or left out many, but it seemed clear to me, to anyone who knows us, that it was us. I think she was afraid that people would know who it was. Also, I really feel like such a selfish jerk. I began picturing a flood of conversations in some chat room about me and my selfish, whorish, homewrecker behavior. I also thought, gee, you are sure long-winded. LOL. I guess I had a lot to say and nobody to say it to, so thank you for that as well. Maybe most importantly, thank you for your thoughtful responses. You did say some very kind and considerate things. The grace you showed me is more than I can give myself. 
It's just been over two years since D-Day now, which is Discovery Day. The part about putting the kids in the middle. The last time we got in a fight about him buying and hiding golf equipment, he said he'd tell that I didn't, quote, hold up my end of the bargain, that it's not just dad who didn't toe the line, end quote. We can have a conversation about one thing and keep on that subject. All roads lead back to infidelity. I try to let it blow by knowing that it's in his grief and his anger talking, but it gets harder and harder to repair after angry outbursts like that. That said, he has calmed down a lot recently. He has started focusing more on his physical health, exercising more, drinking less, staying in one-on-one therapy, all of which has helped a lot. During coronavirus, I've worked hard with my kids and my mom, who is a negative Nelly, to cultivate an, quote, an attitude of gratitude, end quote, and I hope it's rubbing off on him. Simultaneously, I'm trying to have a safe place for them all to vent their fears and frustrations during this strange time. Anyway, we haven't had any big fights or outbursts lately, but no highs either. We're just cruising along, although it is better overall. Just wanted to clarify two things. One minor really is the jacuzzi incident was with a female friend calling. Second and more relevant is that my husband has never said he forgives me. I suppose he doesn't. He doesn't constantly remind me harshly anymore. He does sigh and say, I'm having bad thoughts. And I know he ruminates still. I try to connect with him at those moments, but it always feels more motherly than sexual. I know I need to show up selflessly and be that person who gives for the sake of giving, but it's very hard to be sexually attracted to somebody who you feel needs you. That is not a desire or arousal. I think you're right. I think I loved D. Him not coming for me really hurt. I think that took some time to get over, and I think I know what he was thinking that I needed to leave because I wanted to, not for him or because of him. That if we were to be together, it was not under a cloud of lies and deception. Besides, he had guilt too and didn't want to cause any more pain to anyone either. I am still doing some things for myself now. It's not that I can't go do things for myself or that I only do things for other people. It's just that I wanted a partner to do them with. That still makes me really sad. It's a very masturbatory life. I find my own pleasures, he finds his own pleasures. The 11 orgasms were really hard to walk away from, lol, but I did and I think I'm better for it. I am in my mid-40s and my husband is almost 9 years older than me. Funny, so is Dee, although they have completely different attitudes about their ages. My husband acts like he's on death's door half the time, while the other one feels young and vibrant. Though it may not feel like it now, you are very young and you will have opportunities to love again in life. Maybe one day you too will find your 11 orgasm prince, lol. <laughs> in the meantime, keep, keep, keep kicking those predators to the curb, wishing you much success, strength, and love. You are doing great things with your work. Thank you for it. Best regards, Nadine. Thank you so much, Nadine, for clarifying a couple of things in your story and just opening up about where things are now. Um, I really, really, really appreciate it, and I look forward to hearing from you again. So, from one of the listeners of the show, this is what they had to say about Nadine. 
I do sympathize with Nadine's situation, and she deserves to be happy. To that end, I think divorce would be a reasonable option. My mother divorced my father when I was just finishing the sixth grade. Millions of kids survive and even thrive during their parents' divorce. I certainly did. Granted, my father was a physically abusive drunk, not just neglectful of his wife's needs and happiness. I would be surprised if her children aren't aware and affected by her depression and dissatisfaction. Also, my wife cheated on me early in our marriage. There are, I think, some life experiences that cannot be fully appreciated unless you've experienced them. No words could describe the depth of love I felt upon seeing my firstborn child, slimy and a little bloody, lying on my wife's belly staring at our faces. I'd give up my life in a second for that child. I never could have conceived an emotion that I experienced during that amazing life-changing event. Conversely, no words can capture the hurt I felt when I was told of my wife's affair. The heart-wrenching, gut-punching, and castrating sensation is not something I can adequately relate to others. I would gladly swap a dozen more beatings for my drunk father for infidelity. I imagine the death of one's child would be of similar or worse magnitude. I pray I never find out. To this day, I rarely think of the separation of my parents, but think about the infidelity every day for over four decades. If she is staying married for the children, she may be making a mistake. Hopefully, if Nadine gives her husband fair warning and he can't or won't give her the attention and satisfaction she craves, nor take responsibility for his share of family chores, I certainly would not blame her if she were to file for divorce. Hopefully, her husband wouldn't broadcast the details of her mistake to the children, but eventually, everyone might be happier in this unhealthy marriage uh, if it were to be dissolved. It is said that communication is the key to a successful marriage. So easy to say, often much harder to maintain. I did share that comment directly with uh, Nadine. Of course, again, everything is completely anonymous, so nobody knows who wrote what. Uh, But this is what she thought about his comment. That's what Dee used to say, quote, you deserve to be happy, end quote. It is heartbreaking to hear that this man thinks of his wife's infidelity daily. I hope he finds peace in his heart and mind. He deserves to be happy, too. My husband deserves to be happy, and I hate to think that he will think about it daily for four decades. Ouch. Makes me think I don't deserve to be happy. He's right. My kids were way more aware of the turmoil than I had realized. My depression was awful, but I have recently gone off of an antidepressant, and I'm hopeful that I will have more normal desires without it. Divorce can be a positive thing. You can ask kids to move towards light even when it feels like dark times. I don't think we're there. I don't think I would be happier alone. Nothing is perfect. Maybe this is sour grapes, but I think if Dee and I were together, it would have fizzled. I've thought a lot about this. First you said it, it would have been a house built on ashes, which is why I think I didn't leave, and that's why he didn't ask me to. I don't think anyone wants my three young kids um, and all the associated responsibilities. I think the lust gets lost in the laundry. I think some of the fun aspects of D would have become tiresome in the daily life as he has a history, not just me. I've also thought maybe D was a stepping stone, but that's not compelling enough to leave. In the end, I'm proud of us for staying together and fighting through the tough times. I think it's worth it. At least, that's what I think now, and I like to be right. And then she put a smiley face. So our final feedback is from a gentleman as well. 
I think your podcast helps in many ways, not just giving a safe space to women who cheat, but there are many other things. I'm sure more than a few women who have stopped. I'm not privy to and will never ask what you and them discuss, but it would not shock me if you had a heart to heart with Liz and told her, quote, you will be a Karen if your husband finds out, end quote. And I'm going to segue here. If you haven't uh, listened, and, it, and I talked about it earlier in the episode, the Stephen Karen episode, um, the it's on Patreon, and then I ran it on the regular podcast. That was a very, very difficult one for me to even read. Um, and it was, it's a very emotional, emotional story. Um, it hit home for me. So anyways, listen to it if you haven't had a chance. Nadine sounds like a nice person. Now, it was never discussed, but you may have heard me mention red pill. Much of the ideology is sexist, and I'm not big into it. One big idea is that you do not get married. I disagree, but I do agree with marrying young can cause issues, and I think you mentioned that somewhere. I mean, Liz is a good example. Married young, no experience, and I'm not a shrink, but have been taught to read and profile people. But as soon as she said in her story about going out without her wedding ring and lying to the guy that she was not married, I knew she craved attention and validation. And I believe Liz's story um, is on the regular podcast and it's streamed in 2020. So if you haven't listened to that, check it out. This can be very dangerous for a woman, not sexist men as well, but how many men starve themselves to fit into a dress? Okay, this is 2021, but you know what I mean. So he was basically saying not being sexist, but men typically don't starve themselves to fit into a dress. Also, it sounds like her friend might have not been best of the influences, and often that happens. Uh, Many male and female affairs have a friend who offers approval and is a cheerleader. Yeah, sometimes that does happen. Okay. Now, Nadine seems to love her husband, and he was complacent. I hope sex talks does not bother you. I love to go down on women. I wanted to even before I ever did. I was told uh, women love it by female friends and to not be a selfish lover, and that many men expect women to give them oral, but one won't reciprocate or two go down there or like two minutes and they think it's good. Most men do not realize women often take longer to reach orgasms, thus you need a lot of foreplay, so oral is a good option before intercourse. Now chances are her husband likely didn't understand how women are wired, thus a lack of satisfying sex. And a sex life is a reason a lot of times why men and women cheat, and she was also ignored a bit. But that can get to anyone. That was a factor for me. This story is great and I appreciate the feedback, but some of the writing is a little choppy, so bear with me as I'm reading this. I wonder if men need to go down if they expect women to. Perhaps a ponder episode. I doubt I will have to convince many women, but at least three of your stories are men doing oral or not knowing how to to seem to be an issue. Hell, put some instruction tape links up. (laughs) There are even tongue exercises I do. Hope that's not too much info. I think one of your articles said in Europe a top three reason for cheating men uh, for cheating was men was not willing to do that. If I ever offend you with sexual reference, please let me know. I have a joke to tell. If you want to hear it, let me know. (laughs) Okay, back to Nadine. I think communication on her part could have helped. Would you rather a woman tell you that you're a good man, but they really need some more things sexually or not to say it at all and cheat on you? 
most men would take the bruise to the ego. I think Monica and Gabriella had that issue. It sounds like Monica and her ex are doing well in both in other relationships, but they have videos that show you how to go down on a woman. An ex had me watch a girl-on-girl porn to learn since she was an education major. I love teachers. She used to grade me on it. I fail to see what issues so many men have with it. I love to do it, and my wife pushes my head away. My hairdresser, female barber, is a friend, and somehow it got brought up when I mentioned it, and she said, you are coming home with me. I did not, though, and think she was joking. Her husband does seem to take her for granted, but sadly, I do not think it's intentional. I think he does not get it and, uh, and might if she communicated this. Now, she admitted to initiating the affair. The story you did about the guy whose wife killed the mistress really holds something I mentioned, and I think you know men are far more likely to be this violent than women. I am shocked that there are not many confrontations. He is actually referring to the love triangle, the Mark Gerardo um, ponder that was like, I think, right after the first of the year. And his wife, he he had an affair and he decided he was going to divorce his wife. She was struggling. She killed his affair partner and then killed herself. And this was aired on 2020. And Mark Gerardo was kind enough to come on my show and talk to me a little bit about it in the book he wrote in regards to it called Irreparable. And it's just a wild story it's heartbreaking at the same time but that's what he was that's what this writer or excuse me this listener was referring to okay mine I would shove an affair partner to let him know worst case I would find a way to make sure the score was balanced I mean people are far more crazy today than when we grew up it's a dangerous game that is beyond right or wrong of the affair maybe Nadine's husband loves his golf game and won't leave because of a change in lifestyle. I think that is part of why Sarah's husband forgave her, and honestly, I would not be surprised if many men know the affairs are going on. Again, Sarah's another story, so if you haven't listened to that, you will need to check it out. Okay, here. Nadine seems remorseful, but I noticed the 11 orgasms in the comment. Now, I never thought I was great, but I have done nine in a session, but I am like many guys, one and done. If it's extra innings, it's for her. Of course, I am not like that now, but I was in my 20s. The thing is, with the story you just did, I have to wonder, and please do not hate me. The thing is, with the story you just did, I have to wonder, please do not hate me, if she would say the 11 were worth it, if she had to explain why dad is not around or daddy is in heaven. Like I said, men are very violent compared to women, and I have seen some crazy examples. Honestly, I doubt he would tell you, but I have Steve pegged as the type that there has to be a damn good reason that electrician does not have broken legs, or maybe he just hasn't told you. Me? Uh, Well, I won't say. I mean, he ruined a good relationship and all the blame can't be solely on Karen. She was a mature woman that was caught up in a younger man being being into her. What he was into is making married women do things she would normally not do. The only thing that triggered me in the story is the, quote, die a painless death comment. I mean, that is pretty harsh, but then again, he is not totally doing his part. 
Nadine is not only begging for sex, but love and attention. Lots of men do not realize how, quote, honey, you look beautiful today, or coming up behind her when she's cooking, baking or doing dishes, depending on the household roles, household roles, and taking her arms in his and holding her while kissing her neck or her ears makes a woman feel. Now I'm going to segue and say, yep, you're right. That type of stuff is so important, but also love languages. You know, if a woman needs touch or affirmation, these are the things that they really need. And as much as I still love my husband, who I have lost, who I lost uh, last year, he had a hard time doing those types of things. Affirmation, love, touch, it just wasn't who he was. And it was it was hard. It definitely was. Now, I never cheated on him, but um, it, it, it was hard. So I can understand the points here. Okay. I tell guys that all the time I'm trying to plan romantic nights. I know players, and they are good guys who ask me about things or share. No idea why, but I have many female friends tell me about sexual assaults. I guess I'm easy to talk to. There is hope. She is putting up with the hazing for the kids. She brought it on, and I like that she admitted she is not putting the cheating on him, but truth is there are things he could have done that would have likely prevented it. Her biggest mistake now is talking to him, and I forget how often he brings it up. I'm sure many things trigger him. She never planned to leave him for the affair partner, and that should make him feel good, but the guy wanted to know, and she told him he was a better lover, and I'm sure that hurt her husband. But if I forgave, I would want to be the best lover and eat like a chicken chow mein and eat it like a chicken chow mein. <laughs> ah, sorry, had to kind of reread that. There is an opportunity there. The weird thing is that she cheated on her spouse and she is paying for it. Yet you would hope they would have some bonding, but that doesn't seem like it. She did not mention if he does not want sex as often. Men have issues. Many men have issues, he wrote. It seems women are concerned, quote, did you love her? We're going to, are you going to leave me for her? While us men are asking things like, did you blow him? For some reason, we know from Steve the acts are important and also how many people know. If Steve did not feel like a laughing stock with all of those who know, I think it would be a different result. You can tell it's a bit of pride with him, and I get that. And then he references that, um, when I had to stop recording Steve's episode because I started to lose it and started crying because uh, some of the things that Steve had said to his wife continually um, when she absolutely had a total meltdown, um, it was very similar to how my ex-husband dealt with it um, when he found out and we were trying to work through it. So um, anyways, thank you so much for sending that in. And I know that last one was long-winded. This gentleman sent me lots of ideas and uh, sometimes the uh, communication between him sending it. Um, he's like me and that he talks into his phone and emails. So some of the words don't always come through clearly. So it's kind of hard at times to understand. So he and I are trying to work on a process to help with that. Thank you to all who uh, shared their feedback on Nadine's story and a faring down. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope this podcast has been helpful to you. And if you are interested in sharing your story, always know it is anonymous. You can visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. 
and click on Story Guides. And there you will find an outline to help you form your story for the podcast. While you're visiting my website, feel free to vote for me to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. Visit the merch store in case you're interested in some no-judgment coffee mugs or a tote bag. If you are interested in subscribing to Patreon for those extra episodes and my bloopers, you can also subscribe directly from my website by clicking on Patreon. Also, if you could please rate and review me where you listen to your podcasts, especially on Apple, that would be great, as it will help others find this show. Feel free to email me anytime at rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Thank you again for all of your support. Please be kind to one another, stay well, stay happy, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.